Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Good morning, Arizona, and happy Sunday. Beautiful day out there. Hey, it was nice yesterday if you like a little long humid. Kind of like a trip to Jamaica, you know? What the heck? And the plants love it. Anyway, happy Sunday. Beautiful uh, 4th of July weekend here. It's really pretty outside. There were a few sprinkles yesterday, not enough to count as rain, but hopefully there were more up in the hills. I didn't watch the late weather reports, but it has been getting a little rain up there, and a little's good, more is better, and a whole lot's even more fantastic. Anyway, happy Sunday. Beautiful day. We could talk about what to plant, grow, water, kill. If you're having problems at home, we could talk about those. Successes, would love to hear from you. And more importantly, if you have something different you're doing, we'd love to hear how you're your, uh, your system grows, you know, how you're growing your little violets, maybe. Well, that's kind of hard in Phoenix, but, you know, all kinds of things can be done. We never tell anyone no. So, anyway, whatever your dreams are, give us a call. We have Sarah here today on, uh, I'm sure it's on phones and music. The number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTR. Once again, we can talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares, what to grow, how to grow it, where to grow it, why to grow it, and uh, got a great 4th of July story. We'd love to hear from there. You know, it's a great time of year to sneak out and go tubing down the river and hit the lakes. Might be a little busy, but that's why we're here. We're a social community. That means we like to hang out with each other most of the time. Anyway, give us a call, 602-277-5827. Start out pretty open, finish up, kind of hard to get in. Now is the perfect time to call. Lucy in Phoenix, good morning, happy Sunday, happy 4th of July. Happy 4th to you, Brian. How are you this morning? I'm good. I hope you are. So what's new? Well, I'm going to uh, uh, pick your brain about, uh, I know that all of the king palms are being trimmed right now, and I have, I believe it's called a Washingtonian that has the the big trunk, and uh, I, I heard somewhere that you are not supposed to trim those until July the 15th. Is that correct? Well, it depends on the weather and the year, but you know, usually we always mark it by after the Fourth of July. Now, I will say that looking at the California fan palms like you have at my own house, I don't think it would hurt any to wait a week or two because I do see some more seed heads coming out right now. So that you might uh, kind of be enlightening us a little for this year, Lucy. I, I think that wait until after the fifteenth would be fine. Okay, it's starting to shed a lot of the husks now, but uh, uh, I didn't. Uh, I also have a, a Mexican blue, you know, with a long golden. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, can they be trimmed at the same time the other? Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, when you trim those, Lucy, I would do it quite differently. We have quite a few around our pool, and sometimes, the, you know, the, uh, the the nursery guy from the house doesn't get the seed heads cut off, and then those are pretty messy, and the, and the flowers are on the pool. But when you trim those, you don't want to trim them like you do a California fan or Mexican fan. You know, really, with the California Mexican fans, you know, I like to see them trimmed up at about a, you know, a 30 to 45 degree angle. You know, fairly high, leave maybe a half a dozen branches or so on them. Oh, but, leave more. But, on the, well, on the Mexican blues, you definitely want to leave more. You probably want to leave them horizontal, like a 90 degree angle to the trunk, or even a little bit more, because they don't so grow near as many fronds. 
just actually trimming out the the flowering part. The seed right? heads, right. That's the most important part. And take off any brown ones on the bottom and you're done. Okay, so not so severely on those. Okay, well, thanks a lot and happy fourth to you. You too. Thanks, Lucy. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, let's see. Next up, we have Jonathan over in Mesa. Good morning, Jonathan. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Excellent. Good. Hey, so I've got... Uh, probably eight or nine bougainvilleas in my backyard and gosh every time i finish trimming them it's time to trim them again um we're trying to replace them with something colorful that doesn't uh you know have thorny stuff so the kids can play around them um any ideas of what would be a good replacement for some pretty bare areas well, you know, one of the more popular things are the Arizona Yellow Bells types, whether they be the Orange Jubilees or the Yellow Bells, or if you want them smaller, like Sparky. But if you want color and uh, you want something without thorns, you know, th- those are pretty popular. Uh, depending on the exposure, hibiscus can be pretty good. And uh, then when you get into more desert plants, you know, some of the sages and things will work well, too. That sounds great. Yeah, we're trying to find something that we look out the window, looks bright and colorful. But the kids are also playing and not getting scratched up from those bougainvilleas. So, well, you know, here's, here's here's the trick: if you want to leave and try some of those bougainvilleas, Jonathan, is really if you trim them back heavy twice a year, and you trim them back in August and trim them back in March, you'll keep the blooms, but you can cut them and train them back out of the way so that they're not, uh, you know, going to be so problematic. And uh, when you're trimming bougainvilleas those times of year, you don't need to be shy at all. I mean, you can really butcher them. But if you have them growing like bushes and and then, you know, limited space, then take them out. That sounds great. Yeah, we'll we'll get them removed and put in with some better stuff. Thank you. Thanks, Jonathan. Have a nice fourth. Bye-bye. You too. Oh, let's see. That leaves us with three open lines. We have Shira back here smiling. No, she's actually talking to uh, Patricia. You know, we're trying to figure out what's going to happen with the music and the news, you know. And I come in with the ladies, and they're figuring all that stuff out back there. But anyway, uh, give her a call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Frank and Glendale, good morning. Good morning, Brian. Hey, I have a question on my lemon tree. Um, everything is green on it, but I got a limb that's about uh, three inches in diameter, and up at the top, all the leaves are dead, and the branches are turning brown. What is causing just one limb to die like that? Uh, Frank, is it bleeding any sap? Uh, no. Okay, so the limb just looks healthy other than that fact, and it's not cracked down on the trunk, or can't see um, the There's from? a little... There's a little peeling down, uh, probably about four feet up from the trunk. Mm-hmm. They're probably about, probably about two inches wide, about four inches long. Is it on the west side of the tree? It's on the uh, east side of the tree. Because okay. the other thing it could have been is the limb could have been sunburned if it was trimmed in the in the wood. You know, sun came and hit the wood. Um, but what I would do for it, uh, Frank, I would prune that limb out of it. You know, just go ahead and prune that out. If it's a three or four inch diameter limb, go ahead and seal the end of it with tree heel. And then uh, if it's going to expose a lot of wood to the sun, I would prune that. Uh, I would paint that so that it wouldn't be sunburned. Yeah, well, you know, and on the other, which is the west side of the tree, there's branches that die up there, and I cut them off, and the part that was green, then the next day they all turn brown. Well, that's the advantage to sealing the wood when you cut something. 
So, uh-huh. but uh, and because what happens is the wood will die back, and you know normally we, we wouldn't prune citrus this time of year. You could prune them moderately anytime, but major pruning, like you're talking about, you know, we would leave to do in the spring. But if you had dead right. limb, dead limbs and they're bothering you, you certainly could take those out now. But if you don't want them to continue dying back, that's why you would get the tar type tree heel, the one you put on like okay. a little spatula, and when you make that cut, go ahead and seal it, you know, and seal it off. Okay, you could try just to, just in case it has a little soil fungus, you could try a product called Monterey Disease Control, and you just mix that with water, and you can spray it on the foliage, or you can just put it around the basin and water it in, and it's a bacteria that kills fungus, and sometimes some of these problems we're seeing with citrus or fungus, so it's not a bad, you know, thing to use, and it's not going to hurt anything if it's not active and it's not toxic to anybody, so, you know, it might be a good uh, preemptor to problems going down in the future, but um, the main thing with, with citrus this time of year is you don't want to expose wood to the sun. So if you're kind of pruning and doing that kind of stuff, you want to, on larger limbs, you want to make sure you paint the wood, you know, with the tree heel or the tree paint so it doesn't uh, get sunburned to continue on. Okay. All right, I'm going to do that. All right, thanks, Frank. Mm-hmm. All right, thank Bye-bye. you, Brian. Hey, Frank, and the other the other thing is it's not a bad time to go ahead and fertilize if you haven't fed them recently. You can go ahead and fertilize, um, you can fertilize your citrus right now. So what kind of fertilizer should I put on it? Well, the one that we have is the best at the nursery is called Organo Pro Citrus Food, and, and that's a good citrus fertilizer. But honestly, they're not all that picky. If you didn't have any citrus food and you had some twenty one seven lawn fertilizer around home, that would be fine. You know, anything but weed and feed. So Miracle Grow would work well, uh, but it doesn't matter. Having the balanced package where it's going to have you know the magnesium, manganese, and iron and those kind of things in the in the fertilizer is going to be beneficial. Also, is soil sulfur. That's why if you look for like like Arizona's Best or, uh, you know, one of the locally made ones or the Organo Pro, it's going to have extra sulfur and iron in it. Oh, okay. I haven't fertilized it in a while, so I'll, you know, that's probably neat. Well, we all like to eat. Frank, have a nice fourth. <laughs> you too, Brian. Thank thanks, you. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. We're going to take a short break, and uh, while we're gone, we do have Frank's line open. The number to call is 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Uh, today we have Shira, Patricia, and this old guy named Brian here on the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR. Roll around 
Like that lucky old son, and just roll around today and uh, enjoy the air conditioning. Hang out by the pool, or perhaps tube down the river. Anyway, beautiful Sunday morning. Looks like the lines are full, so we'll get back to the phones. And let's see. Next up, we've got to get them in the proper order. Be kind to everyone. The next up, we're going to have Steve and Gilbert. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Brian. Hey, look at I'm looking for some black bamboo, mm-hmm. and I can't seem to find any at the nurseries. I wonder if you could source any. For well, me. I'll give you a pointer, uh, Steve. You put any bamboo out right now and don't water it, it'll all turn black. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, you know, the problem is, Steve, is black bamboo doesn't really like our high alkaline soil very well. And while yeah. we've grown it here in the valley, and uh, you know we've I've had we'll, we've stocked them at different times, and there's some growers in San Diego that still grow them. Um, uh-huh. They just never perform very well, and uh, yeah. so we've we've done them here for years. If you're willing to moderate the soil, adding soil sulfur and coffee grounds and baby it and treat it, you know, special and grow it in an area that's yeah. half shaded, it'll grow. Well, I was gonna. We have like Oriental furnishings in our house, mm-hmm. and I was gonna use it like for a house plant. You know, and I own a coffee shop, so oh, I have well, yeah. coffee <laughs> See, there's there's always an answer, Steve. Uh, um, I know it. Yeah, so well, I'm a plant collector anyway. So, okay, so you know, you know I, I, th- I think here's the here's the reality. We could probably get you some, and we wouldn't bring it in until October. So if you've well, got patience fine. till October, whenever yeah. I'm over running around seeing all my sure. buddies in California, I know it's not going to burn up before you come get it at the nursery an hour later. Uh, we'll get you some no. black bamboo. Cool. I'll I'll check with you and in, in that as the uh, as the summer kind of winds down and then we'll we'll do that. But no, by mo- with moderating the uh, the pH with coffee and growing it indoors with a real bright area indoors, it would make a pretty cool yeah. house plant. Oh yeah, I've had it before, but okay. it just no one seems to carry it. Well, that's because be they get returned so much. Because you know? I have a lot of microclimates and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, in the right area, it can be fine. Yeah. Well, I'll be in touch, and uh, well, you know, I only, I, you know, I'd like to get like five, five gallons. Oh, no problem. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see what's available. I've got some Maybe Japanese. 10, five I've got Japanese friends and some nurseries and Gardena that uh, grow it. So we'll find you some. Yeah, that'd be so cool. <laughs> Maybe Buddha Belly too. Well, Buddha's Belly is one that does much better. Good, you know. Buddha well, we'll Belly. talk about it. Yeah, and then we got Alf- Alphonse Car and some different ones too. If you want different, yeah, types. those do well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks. Thanks, thanks for considering it. You're welcome. Okay, bye bye. Bye bye. Oh, let's see. Next, we've got Tom and Gilbert. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. How are you today? <laughs> Excellent, sir. That's good. Hey, what did you talk to my lemon tree when I got? It's going on at third year in the north side. The, the limbs and stuff are coming out three, four feet long. Mm-hmm. South side of it doesn't have hardly any growth. Well, what you want to do is prune those long shoots off the north side, take the tops of those off, and make sure that the trunk's protected from the sun. Okay. Because if the sun's hitting the south side on the trunk too much, it'll cook it. And it may have already no, cooked it. No, I've got all the, the uh, trunk, the, the bare wood, I've got it covered. Okay. So, yeah, I, I would just, uh, and it might be that it needs a little bit more water, too. How, how are you watering it? I water it once a month or once a week. Okay. And I uh, put about 100 gallons on it. No, oh, that's plenty of water for Gilbert. Yeah, it doesn't need any more water. How much? 
Now, when I fertilize it and, and Epsom salts, how much fertilizer do I put on it? Well, Epsom salts you may or may not need. We use a lot of it at our farm in Hyder because we don't have any in the water, the soil. But a little bit helps. But if you use a balanced citrus fertilizer like the Organo Pro or even Arizona's Best, you shouldn't have to add much else to it. And uh, how, how large in diameter is the trunk? Oh, I would say about four to six inches. Okay, so you're going to put on, if you want to fertilize it with like two cups of one of those, either one of those fertilizers, you know, regular measuring cups, not thirst busters, but put on okay. two, two cups uh, once a month, it's fine. Okay, if you want I'll it to really that. grow fast, that's that's the best way. And, you know, really, in Gilbert, once a week is the maximum water, and you want to cut back on the water, you know, by October when the days are getting short, go to once every two weeks. Okay, I can do that. Tom, thanks for how calling. Much, uh, how much water should I put on then? Well, you know, 100 gallons for a tree that size should be good. Okay. Okay. Good enough. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. And it's good, and it's good especially because you're in Gilbert and have heavy clay. That makes a big difference, okay. too. Bye, Tom. Okay. Happy Thank 4th. You. Bye-bye. Uh, Joanne in Peoria. Good morning, Joanne. Well, good morning. Um, I want to plant a Palo Verde tree in my front yard. Okay. There was a huge one there um, that died, slowly died, and finally toppled over into the street. And big, big tree. So we want to plant a new one. Was it a and, Mexican um, Palo Verde? It had thorns, if that's what okay, that yeah. means. Well, as, as well, there's a lot that have thorns. The only one that doesn't is the Desert Museum. Uh, did it flower all summer long, or did it flower one time and stop for the year? No idea. It flowered. <clears throat> no, it didn't flower all summer long. It was mainly spring. Okay. Just one time a year, and then it quit flowering? Right. Okay. And did it it bl- was mainly like April. Yeah, April's did, when it... Yeah, that's, so did it blow over and break, or what happened to it? It it was a huge tree. I mean, I mean, actually huge, and it just toppled over. Over the years, branches had just fallen because they just died. Woodpeckers okay. had a great condo up there, and, <laughs> and it just finally toppled over. But currently, there is um, the tree is gone, uh-huh. removed, but the stump is still there. Okay. So my question is, um, can I just get some holes drilled in that stump and put in some whatever? Dissolve the stump. Well, yeah, you can certainly do. Is the stump dead? Um, no. Okay, it's still growing. Yeah. In fact, there's probably with like two stumps that came up. The rotten stump is not there, gone. So if you don't want to go through the effort of digging out the stump, what you want to do is get some brush killer, and you can brush it right on. So go out there, leave the green, you know, wood on it, okay, until you get your brush killer. Go out there and cut that, cut that all back, and then paint brush it on. And uh, it goes systemically into the tree and kills it. But you don't want to. You have to have the fresh cut for it to go into the tree. So you got to cut it uh-huh. and then and then spray it or brush it on all at the same time. Okay. Now, if we plant a new tree, say four feet away from the original tree, will that affect? No, it should, it should be fine. Tree? No, it should be fine. But like I say, the, the way it works is it comes in the little cambium layer, the outside by the bark. So you have to cut it off and brush it on right away, and then it, it'll take it down and die. It'll die pretty fast this time of year. Now, it'll oh. take it a few years to rot out. I mean, it's not going to go away. Right, okay. Well, I don't care about that. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, we just want to get some um, shade back. It's going to be planted in dirt. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole front yard is dirt and desert. Okay. And, uh, so we want to plant a new tree to get some shade going and put some um, bougainvillea along the, the fence. Um, 
So probably a 24-inch box. Yeah, and that's no problem. If you plant a palaverde, we have a really nice mesquite called an American mesquite too. That's really strong, that uh, that grows fast. It doesn't break in the wind, which would be a good option for an area like that along a desert. How how messy is that? Uh, They're going to shed. The the biggest mess with mesquites is twofold. They have flowers in the spring and they drop some beans in the summer. Uh, The native mesquites are the messiest, but they're also enjoyed for feeding cattle. But uh, this is a hybrid one that's actually a cross between a Chilean, an Argentinian, a Texas honey, and Arizona native. It's a four-way cross, and it's got superior strength to it. And you know, it grows fast and it stays evergreen. But you're going to still have the flower drop in the spring and the and the beans in the summer. What color flowers? Yellow? They're, they're kind of cream. They don't really, mesquite flowers aren't bright like a Palo Verde flower, like yellow. And they flower about the same time, but they have flowers which you really don't notice as much except for when they fall. And then they'll have beans in the summer. In fact, the flowers will usually kind of dissipate pretty quick after they fall. The beans you'll have to rake up. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, 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 well, that, that, you have to get a pet goat. You know, the Palo Verdes all have beans too. <laughs> I know, I know. Okay. Um, let's see what, a twenty-four inch box. I haven't been to a nursery yet to look. How uh, how tall is it? Like a twenty-four inch. Well, box? we have some really nice the American mesquites right now that are probably eight foot tall with about a two and a half inch caliber. And if you went out to the nursery and purchased one, had it delivered and planted it, that by the time you're all done, it'll cost about five or six hundred dollars. Okay, and then how much would a Palaverde cost? Same price. They're not as the Palaverdes we have right now aren't quite as big. And there's different options in Palaverdes. There's the Desert Museum, which is a hybrid, and there's also the Blue or the Foothills Palaverde. But if you want it to grow fast, the Desert Museum yeah. or, or the Palabrea. Palabrea is thornier, but I think has the prettiest form, and that's another fast-growing Palaverde that uh, comes from Baja. That I, I really like the form. You know, if it's going to be a front yard tree, I would do the Mesquite or maybe a, a Palabrea. But that's just personal right. choices. Okay. And the same, and will um, bougainvilleas grow fast? I mean, we've got a big Bougainvilleas are, are going to grow very fast, and you can forget any litter from the trees once you plant bougainvilleas. The bougainvillea is going to have more litter than any tree is going to have. Well, I know. But, but they're yeah, beautiful. Mind the yeah, hey, you know what? This is, we grow prettier bougainvillea here in the valley than almost anywhere in the planet. Joanne, I'm going to try to get a couple more colors, and I'm going to let you go. But okay. have a nice right, weekend. Well, thank you very much. If you get a chance. Right. Oh, we will be closed right. tomorrow on the 4th of July, just so you know. Well, we open today oh. from 10 to 4, but closed tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Thank okay. you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, Susan in Phoenix. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Excellent. Good. Happy 4th. A couple Jesus. questions for you. Um, years ago, I was in Florida, and I remember the news. I've ever seen it here. It's one place that's called the Quentin's And it's like a blue butterfly bush. You ever carry those? You know, you're breaking up real bad, Susan. I'm going to put you on hold and try to get you off the air because you're breaking up and we have to go to the news. But Can you hear me better now? I can hear you better now, but I still have to go to the news. I, I see Patricia Valencia okay. oh, back here perfect. smiling at me, you know, and she's looking. It's like, okay, Brian, it's time. But you know what? You just stay on the phone and, and I'll be right back right. with you, okay? Hold on. All right, you can sure. come on next after the break, so we'll, I'll put you on hold no during the break. Okay. Okay, and while we're gone, folks, we have three lines open. You can give Shira a call at 602-277-5827. It's Brian and Shira and Patricia, all here this Sunday morning from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show.
caught somewhere between a boy and man She was 17 and she was far from in between the summertime in northern Michigan Simple things in life like when and where We didn't have no internet But man, I never will forget The way the moonlight shined upon her head And we were trying different things And we were smoking funny things Making love out loud late to our favorite song Sipping whiskey out the bottle Not thinking about tomorrow Singing sweet home Alabama well, welcome back, folks, to this beautiful Sunday morning. Great time to get out by the sandbars. Okay, we don't have too big a sandbar. Maybe in the Colorado River. You know, maybe in uh, Lake Mead right now, there's sandbars being exposed we haven't seen for years. Anyway, beautiful time to go out to the river and lakes and enjoy this, uh, this summer sun. Just be careful not to get too hot. We're going to get back to Susan. And after Susan, we got Mary and Dee, and then it could be you. The number to call, 602-277-5827. Hi again, Susan. Good morning, Brian. Can you hear me now? Very clear. Good. Okay, I um, was going to ask you about a plant called the Clarodendron mudandus. Uh-huh. I saw in Florida, loved it, um, and I'm not. I've only seen them one place here growing. And have you ever have been to Whitfield Nursery? Yes, I have. I'm right around. My business is right around the corner. I'm there all the time, and I recommend it for Christmas time. And I bought a pear tree from you a few years back. And we, you promised me a partridge. I haven't seen one yet. <laughs> we should have some Clarendon still in the nurseries at all three locations. Oh, okay. I'll be there. I'll be there on Tuesday. Yeah, but we yeah we we uh, definitely have Clarendon. They're they're a fun plant. You know the well, shooting star variety with the, with the multi tone leaves and and they're just really cool. They you know they they they, they go through different cycles, but uh, no, they're they're fun and useful. You, you couldn't put them here in full sun, but they'll take a quite a bit of light. The other question I have for you: I have a couple of Ciso trees growing, mm-hmm. and I actually got into my sewage system, which you know what that means about it's about an eight thousand ten thousand dollar tree right now. But anyway, um, a lot, I got the sewage lines fixed, but along the sewage lines, I've got a lot of sucklers coming up. I also have um, one of the trees is throwing out some seeds. Um, I can't find out how to pull the seeds out of pod, but I was wondering, can I pull the sucklers out of the ground and put them with some root tone and root them? Yeah, very easy, actually. You know, it, it would be a little more difficult this time of year because they tend to dry down. But if you wanted to take one of those little uh, ones that's growing up off the roots, you know, the sucker's coming up off the ground. And if you dig it mm-hmm. up and say dig it down, you know, 10 inches deep and, and cut the root underneath and then leave the, the stem, the green portion, about two inches on top and just put it into a five-gallon container, it'll grow. Five-gallon container with soil or water? Well, with soil. Well, you can start okay, it off okay. in the water, but it would be better just to put it right into uh, potting soil. And, uh, okay, you can, perfect. And you know, a little bit of root tone on it if you want to, or if not, just a little bit of super thrive, and it'll grow. Okay. 
love super thighs. Um, one other quick question for you. I bought a couple of the um, milkweed plants from you last year. Mm-hmm. Had two cycles of the monarch butterflies. Um, went to caterpillars. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, went to butterflies. Absolutely beautiful experience. And I got a seed pod on it, and I put one of those um, bags around it, and I have a bunch of seeds now. How do I plant those seeds? Uh, just soak. You know, basically soak them in vinegar for about fifteen minutes. Yeah, you can even soak them for oh. an hour and just plant them in the soil, and they'll all grow. Perfect. Okay, I don't need to um, use a fire flame to get rid of the little hairs on the um, on the seeds, do I? No, just crack them open to get the seed itself. You know, the seed's going to okay. be inside the pod, so crack open the pods, get the seeds out, soak them in vinegar for an hour, and plant them. They should come up. And if, if that okay. doesn't work, if- you might have to just you know have it in there longer. And uh, they'll have enough seeds on them. You can play with them. Or you can just grow them from Yeah, they've already popped open. They just got like a little, they got the little things that make them fly away. Mm -hmm. So um, one other thing, I bought some fertilizer, 15, 15, 15. Is that good for my um, citrus? Is it just good for my lawn? No, 15, 15, 15. bearded irises. Well, if it has, well, for bearded irises, you'd want more phosphorus. Like you'd want something like um, 1530, like miracle Grow, for example, or Super okay. Bloom, which is higher in phosphorus because you want more root and more flower. But a 15, 15, 15, just a general purpose fertilizer uh, will work fine on a lot of things. And if it's got a minor package in it, that means if it has zinc and manganese and magnesium and all those kind of fun things, iron, you know, it should be a pretty good fertilizer. Susan, thanks okay, for the perfect. call. and appreciate your patience over the break. See you on Tuesday. No worries. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Happy 4th. And Mary in Paradise Valley, good morning. Good morning. I have a southwest exposure in my backyard, and I have a 50-foot uh, fence wall with a 3-foot wide planter wall. And I want to cover that whole length. And I was thinking of the Duranta. Okay, so in the now blue the, the, the and in the white. The uh the fence is on the southwest side of your property, so you're planning on the east side of the fence? The northeast side? No, it would it, it would be uh closer to the west side of my backyard and the wall is on the south side of my property. So my front face is north and the back face so is wh- south. So which side of the wall are we planning on? Um which exposure well, are these plants today? So if there's a wall on the west side of your property and you're planting in your backyard, then you're planting on the, the east south side. Wall. It's, it's the south wall. It's the south wall. It's the south wall. So were you planting on the south side of it or the north side of it? The, the south side. Okay. The south side's probably it's pretty easy. So on the south okay. side of the wall, if you want to plant Duranthas, they'll do fine. You can grow Duranthas okay. pretty darn tall. I mean, you can grow them up as tall as six or eight feet. no problem. It takes some time yeah, to do it. Yeah, that's great. Do it. So my concern was, can, do I have to wait till fall or spring, or can I do it in... In August. Well, I would, yeah, I wouldn't say right now would be the best time, but I would wait probably till September. You know, even though okay. the temperatures could be as high in September, the days are a lot shorter, so they don't mm-hmm. endure as much. And, you know, and, and when they're established, that's going to be a wonderful location for them. It's just getting them oh, started. Great. So, to, you know, to ease the transition, I'd wait till September. Okay, perfect. Are the white ones hard to find? Uh, not especially. I've got one friend that grows a lot of them, and you know where he grows them? He grows them in Carpinteria. You talk about a pretty <laughs> place to be this time of year. But, uh, okay. That, but then so, and, and he always has them in Carpinteria, so we'll, we'll bring some for you from Carpinteria. We usually have them in the nursery probably 80% of the time, but if we happen to run out during a given week or something, we can certainly get more in for you. 
Okay, perfect. That's great. And I have one quick question. Well, I have two olive trees that I just planted, mm-hmm. and I wanted to create a bed of fern lavender underneath them. Mm-hmm. Uh, how will the fern lavender do with this southwest exposure? It'll do fine. Fern, the fern leaf lavender is one of the hardier lavenders, that in Spanish. And so yeah. it, it'll do fine. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mary. Bye-bye. Happy Fourth. Uh, let's see. Next up, D up in Whitman. Good morning, D. Good morning. Um, I have a couple free questions. Will the um, we have a big yucca plant tree, whatever it's called, and the cows have been knocking them over. If we take all of the tall ones off, and will it regrow up to its height and fill out with yeah. the? Growing from the inside. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a native yucca that was out there, or one you planted? No, it's it's there. It okay. was always there. Sure. Yeah. So all, all the native yuccas, that Joshua trees, the Thompsonianas, you know, they're, they're all you can prune the top of them off, and they'll all regenerate and come back out. Oh, okay, good. Um, the other questions: um, Do the ocotillos drop their leaves after they flower? They drop their leaves when they get dry. So depending on the oh. humidity and the amount of moisture, you know, they're just the coolest plant because they can, re, you know, refoliate a couple times a year. And when they get happy, oh, really? when they get happy, they put out all this foliage. When they get dry, they naturally want to, you know, maintain their livelihood. And so they drop all the extra foliage. They don't need it. They don't try to grow. They just go into this dormancy period. And then when it rains oh. again, and you know, like in August or so, if you get a lot of monsoons, then they'll pop back out and leaf out and really start to grow again. Okay. Um, what is the, I'm going to call it fungus, on the desert Palo Verdes that are out in the middle of the, out in the middle of the desert? It has a tendency to kill them. What is it called? Well, there's, um, you're going to, like a witch's broom kind of thing, or is it a plant that grows over the top of them? There's daughter. Well, it grows, it, it grows in the tree. Okay, so there, there's there's plants like mistletoe, only there's different ones that they get on the uh, Palo Verde, like witch's broom. And, uh, uh-huh. you know, some of those are spread by birds, you know, and the birds go out and eat the seeds like they would with the mistletoe, and they'll drop it right. in there. And so then when that gets in the plant, it's usually not lethal, but it just changes the whole dynamics of how the plant grows. And the problem is when you're in a geographic region where you have it, you tend to get a lot more of it. And while it's not lethal, oh. it certainly makes the trees, you know, look different. Oh, see, now most of the ones out here in the desert, out in Whitman, it is lethal. It kills the trees. Well, it's the combination of that and drought. You know, it's not. It's oh. not just that. That's you know the biggest problem is that we haven't had much rain. We've had some really dry years, and especially oh. a couple years ago. And a lot of the native trees, you know, as you drive across the desert, you'll find lots of dead, you know, ironwoods and things in different areas because we just are in a oh, bigger yeah. drought. And uh, you know, some trees where they're, you know, have a deeper root system, you know, and some of the trees can root over a hundred foot deep, you know, in, in a real oh. wash. So it doesn't take a lot of water. They'll catch a little bit. But that's why when you go through the drier parts of the state, especially down like in Yuma County. You know, the only uh-huh. trees left living are in the arroyos and washes, and every all the plains are free of trees. Now, if it rains down there, if you get two or three hurricanes come up the Gulf of California, that whole desert will sprout out with all brand new trees and foliage, and they'll live as long as they get water. And when the water goes, the trees go. Oh, okay. Now, will my ocotillo grow upright eventually? What do you mean by upright? 
Well, it it kind of looks like a firework fountain where okay. all of the um, branches, I'm going to call them, mm-hmm. are fanning out. Well, that has a lot to do, D, also with rain. When you look at different ranges, and there might be some different genetics, too, in some of our Ocotillos here in Arizona, but when you get uh-huh. down to uh, the southern counties, down by, like, Cochise County and things, they have very few arms or branches, and, they, and they're very vertical, and they come up very tall, can be 20 feet tall. And you look at other places uh-huh. in different ranges, uh, some are you know, going to sucker a lot more and have a lot more branching and be a lot shorter. And uh, part of that's to oh. do with age, part of it's to do with climate, and part of it can be genetics. You know, I'm, I'm sure that there's some different genetics in the Ocotillos in the state. But, um, oh, okay. you know, if you want your Ocotillo to grow tall, thin out some of those branches and water it once a month, and it'll make a huge difference. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, very good. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dee. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with TJ and Glendale. But after TJ... After TJ, we have wide open phones, and we have Shira back here smiling, so give her a call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. We can talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares, what to grow, how to grow it, where to grow it. We're here on this beautiful 4th of July weekend. Beautiful is relative for here in the desert. You know, it's not going to be 110 today, and uh, we have a chance of thunderstorms. All wonderful here in the Phoenix and the state of Arizona. We'll be right back. With the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Made in Detroit and Silicon Valley, Little Deuce Coop and Mustang Sally, Madras Beads and a Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Clint Eastwood, Richard Penny, Isley Brothers, and people get ready. Moonshine wine and faded old blue jeans. dancing around the microphone. Anyway, welcome back to the Whitfield Nursery uh, Garden Show. I want to take a minute and invite you out to the nursery. You know, we grow trees. It started with my grandparents back in the 40s and continues on today for four generations. If you need trees, any kind, any size, come out and see us. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale. We're in the East Valley of Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe, or 2647 East Southern Avenue. And Monday through Saturdays, you can usually go to our nursery in Stanfield on Stanfield Road, just south of Interstate. 
But for the first time, we're going to close for the 4th of July. You know, it's a good, it's a good time to, to be out with our families, enjoy a, a picnic or a little, well, a little warm for picnics, but maybe a trip to the river or just uh, a time to kind of hang out together. And uh, so we will be closed on Monday. We're open today from 10 to 4. And uh, we deliver plant guarantee. We're licensed, bonded, and insured. No jobs too big, none's too small. We deliver plant and guarantee for commercial and residential. And uh, if you want 15 gallon trees or 72 inch boxes, if you're looking palms, great time to plant them. Great time to plant desert trees, mesquites, ironwoods. Also a good time for citrus. Whatever your dream, come out and see us at Woodfield Nursery. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have TJ in Glendale. Hi, TJ. Hey, Brian. How you doing? Good, sir. Uh, I hope I don't lose you. I'm heading up to Black Canyon City. Anyhow, um, I've got like a, a six by six foot kind of patch. I, I put some uh, boxhog. Mm-hmm. And, and it was going great, super green. Now it's like part of it looks like it's got like a white film or foam over it. And then there's like some brown, like yellow, like, like dead. And everything else is really green. Um, some bug or something? Well, or? it could be. It could be that you have pearl scale. So if you just take a, get it wet, take a shovel and dig down underneath it and see if you see what looks like a little orange BB. And that's a pearl scale. And it's an insect that will feed on it and kill it off. And it will start to die out in patches and move across your patch. Um, so on a small area like that, if you do find the pearl scale, it's easy to cure. You just get some muriatic acid or pool acid and mix it with water and spray it on with a hose-in sprayer. About a quart of uh, muriatic acid on a patch that size, and that drops the pH down, the pearl scale will die. Um, and if you tried that and you didn't have pearl scale, it would just release the fertilizer and make it happy anyway. How long have you had it down, PJ? Or TJ? TJ? I think Black Canyon City got him. Well, TJ, if you're if you listen on the radio, you, you can go back because there's a podcast. It's all done, and Shakira Shira's gonna lo- download it then. So uh, let's see. Next up, uh, we'll take Susan and Gilbert. Good morning, Susan. Good morning. I have a couple questions, if there's time. Absolutely, always for you, Susan. Okay, always for you. Oh, oh, great. Um, we have. I wanted to know how often we should be watering an African sumac that's in our lawn. We don't grow summer grass, so we're trying to water it about once a month, real heavily and deep during the summer. Is that enough water? That's absolutely perfect, especially in okay. Gilbert with the heavy clay soil. Uh, that would be ideal. Now, if we okay, if we get into a, a pattern like we had a few years ago. You know, when we had that August when it was 115 to 120 every day with no humidity, then you would water yeah. it more. But aside from that, a normal weather, and that includes some 110 days, once a month's fine. Okay. Now, is that the same for we have a pine tree that's more in rock next to this area? Um, is that a, a same thing about a, every once a month? Susan, deep? Where, yeah, where do you live in Gilbert? What cross streets? Um, around Gilbert and between Baseline and Guadalupe, it's the okay. older part of Gilbert. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's pretty heavy clay in there. It's really close to our nursery. But, you know, you, yeah, you, you would probably want to water it, you know, once every two weeks on the on the pine tree. And that certainly wouldn't hurt the sumac either. But do you okay. water with a soaker hose or how do you water when you water? Uh, just a big old hose and let it 
run. It <laughs> kind of pools up even, and yeah, well, that's and it sinks down. Yeah, but if you can okay, run so like a soaker hose around, about, about every two weeks is going to be better. And it depends on the summer. Okay. You know, if we get monsoon weather and, and it, we actually do start to get rain, and even like the weather we're having right now, when it gets down to 100 and we have, you know, 30, 40% humidity, uh, you know, dew point gets, in the, you know, lower, that's really not near as hard on the trees as when it's dry. Okay, because we have one branch that looks like it's kind of drying up and dying, and I know there's some sort of disease that these pine trees get. Well, they get beetles and different things, but the real cure for most things is the water. You know, and the if water. you grew okay. up in Gilbert or been around Gilbert very long, we used to have, you know, rains that would happen in the wintertime. And so the pines right. actually typically would get that winter rain, and that would really help them too. So, you know, on a big pine, if you want to keep it healthy, you'd want to water it once a month in the wintertime. And if it's really hot, you know, once every two weeks in the summertime. Okay, and then one more question, if I could. Um, we have some garden beds that we redid, and so the soil is more new, and it not much grew last winter. Mm-hmm. So while it's hot and we don't grow anything in the summer because we don't want to be out there in the heat, <laughs> is it okay to add some, like, composted manure and till it in and then let it sit for a couple months before we plant anything for the fall? That's fine. Or what um, would be better? Well, you want to be careful with your manures. You don't have too much salt. So I wouldn't add cow manure. But composted, like, chicken manure would be good. Or even if you had a friend that had a lot of chickens and you had fresh manure, you know, this would be a great time of year if you had that available to you, you know, to incorporate okay. some fresh chicken manure because then it'll kind of get, won't be as to- you know hot when Whenever you you plant, but um, okay, it gives it a couple months to break down and well, it, so. it's only going to break down if you put more water on it. You know, so you'll have to okay. water it and turn it to break it down. It won't break down without water. But if you wanted to add some organic material, maybe, and add some manure, like a compost, and, and then add some manure in that and turn it all over and turn it a couple times and water it, it'll definitely you know become healthier that way. Okay, great. We will do that. Well, Susan, well, thank, thank you. you so have, much. have a nice Fourth of July. You as well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Jeannie in Phoenix. Good morning, Jeannie. Hi there. Hi. How are you? Good. I have three hibiscus that are on the east-facing wall of my garage. Um, the one that's the furthest back, the furthest north, is pretty. The one that's the furthest south is uh, sparse, a very light green. Uh, it's been that way quite a while. I think it started getting that way in 2020 when I had a queen uh, palm I was trying to save. And I read about it, and it says I'm either giving it too much water or not enough. Jeannie, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know it can, be, it can be confusing. Where do you live What Cross Streets? Uh, 12th Street between Union Hills and Bell. Okay. And um, so it's been planted for, what, 10 years or more? Uh, six or seven. Okay. So realistically, it should be watered probably once a week. Okay. And and fairly oh, and fairly heavy when you water. Okay. So fairly heavy so, for a hibiscus would be probably 10 or 15 gallons of water once a week. 
Okay, so if it's on a drip system and uh-huh. it gets watered every day, is that okay? No, or it's not good. It- Here, here's why it's not good. Um, when you run a drip system every day, you're putting a little bit of water and you're adding salt with the water. And when it gets dry, the plants bring up the salt and it really hurts the plant. So if you'll take all your irrigations that you're running that every day, put them all into one and run it once a week, it'll be much better. In the meantime, throw a little soil sulfur or gypsum on it and water it in with a hose and it'll, it'll come right back out. A little bit of fertilizer too, Jeannie. Okay, I've got a... Jeannie, I'm going to... I'll take you off the air because we got to gotta say goodbye for the news. Okay, hold on. And we'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. In the meantime, you can give Shira a call. We do have a couple lines available. Number to call is 602-277-5827. It's Brian Shear here Sunday from 7 to 9 with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show on 92.3 FM KTAR.